2: Hello, ladies.
1: Hello, ladies.
2: (laughs) I always, I always feel like I need to put a disclaimer after that that we're saying that in an ironic way. (laughs) Yes, I think I trust the listeners enough to know that we're not. I hate the word ladies. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting, ladies.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you're (laughs) right. Lady
2: Isabel. We just uh, went out for a cute little lunch and when Grace arrived, I was dripping in sweat as I am quite often because there's two reasons for that. The first being I'm just a sweaty girl. Generally sweaty. A generally sweaty girl. Uh, Still haven't bought that carpe or whatever it is deodorant that I was spruiking on the pod the other day saying that apparently it's really good.
1: Like a good natural. No, not natural. Not natural. No,
2: just just a deodorant that actually works because I have trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I have trouble. And then secondly, that, you know, the reason I was, I was and do get very sweaty is because I'm always rushing because I hate being late.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was like leisurely strolling up <laughs> and I saw Izzy like pow- like in front of me, like powering into the... Uh, and that's the so budget. deeply
2: unsexy. I remember when I said I got the ick because I Cause saw my saw boyfriend, boyfriend rushing in a rushing? rush. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. It was like that. Yeah. Like a, a stolen moment. Of, Did you get the ick? No, I didn't get the ick. I was just like, there I felt is. the energy <laughs> from afar. No, I was just like, I know that I could see by the way you were moving that I was late. <laughs> Because I was, like, if you're doing that, you're, like, thinking, really. You're I
2: – So we were meeting at 1.15 and this was 1.19 ah. that my Google Maps said I was going to arrive. So that's mm-hmm. why I was walking quite fast. There
1: is a bit of a, like, I think it splits people, the, the idea of, like, just being five minutes late every time you go anywhere. It, like, really pisses some people off.
2: In L.A.? This is a law. If someone says they're going to be there at 7, they will just not be there. They will just not be there until like 7.30. It's quite crazy. And because I'm so punctual, it drives me fucking mental. Is and on the- because of the traffic? Like it's just taking yeah, a, a it's rough traffic. estimation? And it's also like <laughs> we were meeting my friends um, one night at, yeah, like 5.30 for drinks after work. And we didn't leave the house because my friend who lives in LA was just like leisurely hanging about we didn't leave the house till 5 30 and it was a half hour drive and I was like what the fuck you is wrong been with you yeah, yeah. yeah I was
1: like pacing in the hallway <laughs> with my shoes
2: on um frowning and then we got there and the people weren't even there
1: yeah so, I like I, I like that
2: I like it but I'm quite a stress head in terms of things like what if they give the table away you know I, mm-hmm. so I can't relax if we're queuing for something mm-hmm. say if i'm say if i go to a restaurant they don't take reservations and i'm queuing up in a line to put my name down i can barely speak to the people around me because i'm like i need this errand to be done yeah. this is stressing me out so yeah. when i'm late it's, it's 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 an array of different things such as perhaps they'll give the table away what if i'm keeping people waiting it's it's less about being punctual for my sake and more about worrying about everyone else that my lateness affects
1: Okay, yeah. So yeah. I was worried
2: you were waiting for me today. Yeah. Not that I was like, you know. But um, but wait, there was something else I was going to say about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. On Saturday, I traveled from – I'm going to feel really bad if she listens to this because she's cute and it didn't actually matter. But on Saturday, I traveled from west to east for a lunch. Oh, my God. Which is like an hour journey. And the girl who lived east was half an hour late
1: yeah uh, than crazy. me
2: yeah and i was just sitting at the table like so bored and i was just
1: like this is crazy that's that's unacceptable and I really then i
2: started f- getting angry
1: <laughs> no that's only un- that's too long yeah, that's, uh, yeah like i i think anything more than 10 minutes is like i would get anxious anything about, more than but 10, minutes 10 minutes you need to
2: text and be like oh my
1: god or, or yes. you
2: just need to kind of text if you've got to be over five minutes late i reckon
1: yeah i find that i've once I've only I've had a couple of times where I've like kept people waiting, and like the stress of getting there has nearly literally ended my life. So I like hate it if it's a while. <laughs> so you're like I don't think that's okay to do, but some people hate it if you're like five minutes late. They see it as yeah as selfish. Yeah, I understand because it's kind of like. Time is money, baby. People see that you're suggesting that your time is more valuable than theirs because, like, not a big deal if they wait. Whereas for me, I think because I would not think that. Because if I was just sitting at a restaurant or cafe by myself and I'm there for five minutes on my phone, I don't see that as a nuisance. I don't view it that way. But I would if it was half an hour. Yes. (laughs) Time to wrap up this fucking conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, late. Late lateness never eh? going to be late late period late i don't know what i'm
2: saying well i don't know where my period is speaking of yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> because it stresses me out because what happens is i think it's coming because i have that app that's like tracking all my data and selling it to mark yeah um and it says it's gonna come. So then I'm like, all right, I'm all prepared. I'll batten down the hatches. I'll buy some Gail's cookies. I'll yep. get angry at everyone around me. And then it just <laughs> doesn't happen. And then I have to kind of like take that
1: back. Can't, yeah. I've been being
2: a bitch for like four days now. Still no period. So. Yeah, I need to track mine. Yeah, I, I love the app because it also just, it does tell me when I'm being, like, I feel
1: very periody. I'm realizing like more and more, which we have talked about a lot, but I still haven't really grasped like how different I am through my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have days where in my brain, I'm like, just blow up your life. Like just move somewhere weird, like, like break up with Zach, got off all your friends and go like live on a ranch somewhere where I literally just want to like explode everything. Yeah. And then I went on TikTok and someone was like, do you feel like blah, blah, blah. And like listed all those things. And they said, that means you're in the something cycle yes. your period it's a like very specific two-day period and i was like that does happen to me every single month at the same time that i'm just now realizing
2: mine's mine my equivalent of that is feeling so wound up like as in i feel like it's it's kind of it kind of feels similar to when i have very bad depression when i feel mm-hmm. really wound up that like the smallest thing can make me cry or snap or break or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like yesterday I was snapping so much at my boyfriend and he was just like you he was just like I can't do a fucking thing right now he was like yeah. I like went to park the car and you were like why are you parking here <laughs> and then he was like buying bread and I texted him and said are you still buying are you still at the bread section like passive aggressively and he was just like dude fuck off and then yeah. that's what happens that's what happens to me is I feel like really wound up and really st- and then yeah can anything's just horrible mm. um but also I notice it massively with energy levels like so hugely
1: yeah it's um, mad like I had a week where I was I went to Pilates four times in and one I could week. Go, yes and I could have got a fifth I was like oh my God. pumping around and then I booked to go again on Monday and I was like can't do it And mm-hmm. this whole week I'm like it's a low energy week and I just feel like even if I did exercise I would get nothing out of it which yes. we know is a thing yes i just intuitive exercising a yeah. little intuitive
2: eating very good to not do anything when you don't want to yeah
1: just got to follow that energy baby yeah love
2: it okay so please please fill me in i actually just said to grace off yeah am i supposed to know about this um prince of
1: because Pe- it's like she Sh- just Kathy hilton being like who is hunky dory You're yes like, well, what is the prince of Peggy? and <laughs> yes. then i was like i swear we had a conversation about this on the weekend but I was too intoxicated, cannot remember. I sent you a link because this came out, I think, just after we had recorded our Patreon episode, which was all about royal gossip from Tina Brown's book. And <laughs> it was a, it was an episode of
2: You're Wrong About, I realized, afterwards, where Ooh, I know we, we referenced yes. You're Wrong About in it because we were talking about the Princess Diana thing. Mm-hmm. But that episode was you informing me of all this stuff, and I was yes, being...
1: we were wrong about. Yeah, <laughs> and I was being the guy... Just, just nodding along. Yeah, just listening. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> it was yeah. So in that we discussed whether or not Tina Brown had discussed Prince William's alleged affair, and she basically did what all these royal journalists seem to have done, which was like put a nail in. What's the word I'm looking for? The analogy. She basically said. People started to say this was a thing, but it definitely wasn't a thing, full stop, like legaled up to the eyeballs. So it was funny because then within 24 hours of us discussing that, Prince of Pegging was one of the biggest trending news topics in the world. I think it was the biggest in the UK for a while. So funny. And all of these places like New York Magazine and Gawker and like Pop Sugar, like, you know, respectable news outlets were writing about it. And my mom was like, "I had to like find out what pegging was because I was like coming up on people's news feeds." So I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, it's I love it. So yeah, F- fill us in, Prince of Pe- So basically, this all began with a Dumois submission, which I was very shocked by because I don't know. I'm just like, I can't believe Dumois' influence is this big that it's like affecting the royal family now. Basically, they posted a blind on the weekend that said, subject, royal affair gossip message. This is so salacious, I'm almost too shook to share it with you, but I will anyway. This British (laughs) royals extramarital affair is an open secret in London and amongst the British aristocratic set... It's the talk of every party and news desk. At a recent media party, I was told the real reason for the affair was the royal's love of pegging, which the wife is far too old-fashioned to engage in. The wife doesn't mind, her, doesn't mind and, in fact, prefers her husband getting his sexual needs fulfilled elsewhere as long as things don't become emotional, which was the case with the last woman. So immediately people assumed this was Prince William because... There were, like, all the allegations
2: that he was hooking up with rose rose hanbury who's their neighbor in where the other where their country house is yes she's their neighbor yeah yeah. and is one of kate's good friends and that is like a dead ringer for kate like looks like her yeah and and there was so basically i'm sure you guys have heard these rumors but the rumors started and then were just like completely shut down like almost immediately i think the daily mail reported on it or something once and then you heard nothing about it, it was like crickets
1: so what happened i didn't realize is like a really respected royal reporter called giles corin i think tweet for the times so like proper mm-hmm. not salacious tweeted yes everyone knows that the affair rumors are true or something basically confirmed yes. it and that tweet was taken down within like 20 minutes and then all of these publications in the UK got gnarly legal letters and then it was, yeah, disappeared. But this was the same time that Meghan Markle was getting like slammed every day in the press and they weren't addressing it. I think this has a lot to do with the Meghan and Harry thing, Harry thing and they didn't talk about it in the Oprah thing, maybe even because they were threatened with legal action before. Yeah. I know so, from-
2: so, so wild. So if you find this juicy, yes. <laughs> last week's Patreon episode, was, it was so funny because we recorded it and then I listened back and I was still like so enthralled. <laughs> I can't believe there's that much gossip in that crazy it's family. It's
1: Brown, man. She's a genius. Yeah. But she – which the reason why I think they are – Prince William has been so intense about denying this, A, might be because it's not true and it's just stupid gossip from people in the area that they're just spreading, but B, because – Within the royal family, it is seen as, like, so essential that Kate and William's marriage stays together, is seen as the perfect, like, they're kind of, like, the last two matchsticks on which the whole royal family is relying because Prince Andrew's insane, the Queen's, like, about to die, Charles and Camilla are not well-liked by anyone, Harry and Meghan have left, so, like, they're kind of the last Mm. hope for the monarchy so if their like marriage is compromised it's seen by the royal family as really bad so the fact that this is back in the news will obviously piss them off but it's like kind of fucked because they just can't respond to it because it's so (laughs) insane (laughs) but i think the reason i would wanted to talk to you about it like the reason why i find this so funny and why i feel like it captured people so much is obviously because it's like really salacious i assume people know what pegging is maybe you'll have to google it or do we just it's like getting fucked with a strap on mm. basically um that a it like just feels correct <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah you know how like some rumors just yes. take off because you're like this feels correct real like it, well, feels, it also yeah. just
2: reminds me of all of the olden day stories of the <laughs> Kings who are secretly – I'm not saying Prince William is secretly gay – but, like, who had to just engage in all this secret stuff because they have to be so pristine on the outside.
1: Exactly. And I feel bad, if so, for William for this to come out. But then the cut did an investigation because it might not be William, obviously, it's just referring to a prince who's married. Um, The cut broke down all the other people it could be, but then they basically said, which (laughs) – they so funny. Prince Philip would have been at the top of my list if he hadn't died last year. Otherwise, he would be the perfect candidate. <laughs> Agree. Agree. Yes. He probably, like, probably as well. Yes. But then they said the reason it wouldn't be Prince Charles or Prince Harry is because, like, they both are so clearly with wives that would probably peg them if they wanted to. <laughs> and I was like, that's so true. Like. like Wait, Prince Prince Charles. Prince yes. Charles. It says. Yes. Okay, Prince Charles. The main reason I don't think this gossip refers to Charles is my genuinely belief that if anyone were to hypothetically peg him, he would insist it was his wife, Camilla. Yes. And she would, like, do it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's right. And then, like, Harry and Meghan, I mean. I don't know if Meghan would do that. I don't feel like this idea that he would have to go get that elsewhere because she'd be so old-fashioned that she wouldn't. That just doesn't no, no, feel, no, 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 no. Yeah, real. the old-fashioned thing. Yeah. Or oh, Jado Kate. <laughs> Can't catch a break. <laughs> Peg your husband, Kate. Fucking, <laughs> you've come this far. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's
2: got uh, what Kathy. What's her name? Kathy, Carol Middleton. Carol Middleton's like standing outside of the Dillardsire. <laughs> Doing it, it on the window. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's like, I'll fucking do it. <laughs> We did not come this far. Yeah, lose it all.
1: You're joking. A simple, surely she act, surely she would. That's again. So that's I why guess it's just like, like
2: every girl when you first get with your boyfriend, you're like you give them a blowjob <laughs> every like week or, and then it slowly deteriorates down <laughs> and it to like totally dries up. Birthdays up first only, only.
1: <laughs> Christmas
2: <laughs> if they're lucky.
1: Yeah. So I do feel like even though we are laughing and joking about this, it's it's probably. I don't think it's – I think it's true that this person really heard this rumor at a media party and that it's being discussed in, like, aristocratic circles. But I'm just like, how the fuck would anyone know that? Like, Kate – instead of in the Tina Brown book, Kate talks to nobody. Like, even her closest friends have never heard a single piece of gossip pertaining to her relationship with William. She talks to her mom and her sister and that's it. So I'm like – That's crazy. The idea that this Okay, but would- what about if Pippa told her husband – nah i they're so the middletons are very they're a fucking tight unit like they know what's up this is the one thing in the world no one would ever want out there so i almost feel like it's a stupid thing that someone's joked about that's turned into a thing that's turned you know i just feel like it's so silly
2: yeah and it happens usually i said something the other day where i like made a joke that someone i know was doing heroin and then this (laughs) girl girl thought i was fully serious and like Mm. and, and then the next day was like oh, my God, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. no, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we like, going to do? I fuck's sake.
1: <laughs> Rumors was are dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I do – I feel – I don't actually feel bad for him because heaps of people were saying, like, this is the first time in my life I've liked Prince William. Yeah. Which I – yeah, so I, I think it's – Live a little. Yeah, live a little. But also then people were coming out of the woodwork basically saying on Twitter, the old boring Twitter dialogue, basically just saying, like, the reason people care about the affair is not like they can just do whatever they want, who cares? But like the fact that the timing suggests that the palace threw Megan specifically under the bus so harshly to deflect from this, which mm. entailed like so much racist and sexist treatment, like that is the part that's bad, yes. not the affair part. Yeah. Which I think is true.
2: It's hard because we'll never know the
1: truth. I
2: don't know what but I, I want to know. I want Megan and Harry to be like, it's fucking true. I want them to go more. Harry's rogue. book?
1: Yeah. Harry 17. Book is the Prince of Peggings' <laughs> Prince of Pegging's brother. <laughs> <laughs> like the Time Traveler's wife. Yes. <laughs> Someone goes, I don't care if this is on Twitter. Um,. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with Prince William and his alleged love for pegging. The problem is that he threw media hate to his brother and sister-in-law, so that the affair would keep out of the press. William literally drove his brother and Meghan out of the family and out of the country, and is still having his people engage in a smear campaign against them. And why? To distract from his love. <laughs> to distract from his love of pegging. For fuck's sake, hashtag Prince of Pegging.
2: <laughs> for fuck's sake,
1: <laughs> love. Yeah. So great story. A great lighthearted <laughs> Piece of news, so gorgeous. I would also
2: like to just touch on another light-hearted piece of news, and that is that the Love Island finale, finale,
1: finale, <laughs>
2: <laughs> international accent coming out, <laughs> happened on Monday. Actually, I thought it was, I was going to say Sunday night. On Monday night, it was kind of everything you could ever wish for and more. We have spoken about Love Island a few times in the past, and I think this season was one of the best yet, and that was down two two people it can and davide who won the show so C- nice congrats to the huns they're definitely like gonna break up immediately is it like a fiery it's so fiery yum. and absolutely wild and the reason they won is because they are just they they basically because i was kind of thinking that where i voted for india and dami who are like this really cute other couple and actually vote for really? and davide even though i love them but i'm just i it's The point of the show is like putting on a good show kind of thing. Mm. So they should, Ekinson and Davide should win because they carried the entire season. Mm -hmm. But in my like boring Pisces romantic brain, I'm like, I want it to go to people who are actually going to stay together and who are really in love and who are going to spend their 50,000 pounds on a... Is that all they get? Yeah. Not much in this day and age. won't get you far. Well... Also, millions and yeah, millions million of followers. Dollars. In, yeah, they're uh, pretty little thing deals. Pretty little thing million dollar deals. Um, but, yeah. So I voted for India and Dami, who I think will actually stay together. Um, but they came third. And then this couple, Gemma and Luca, came second, which was very surprising. And I think it's basically because her dad is like, David Beckham levels of famous. What's... He's a footballer. Michael Owens.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. As her dad? Uh-huh. I feel um, like her, yeah. Yeah. Ringing a bell? And I've
2: told you that Ronan Keating's son came on it for a hot minute and was immediately voted
1: off. Oh, that's
2: really I sad. I like, that's really embarrassing. Yeah.
1: I didn't. Yeah, God. I didn't think he would was old enough to have a son. Ronan Keating's son? Yeah, yeah, like, I didn't think Ronan Keating was old enough to have a Love Island age son. Yeah, he must have had him when he was, like, 20. Little zaddy. Um... I'm on so, Ekansu's page and it says inquiries Ekansu official at outlook.com. Oh my Get God. Get it together, <laughs> girlfriend.
2: Yeah, she's so iconic and amazing. So very happy about that. I also saw a TikTok the other day that was so funny. I, I mean, yeah, it was. it was like this girl was going through holiday photos from a few years ago of her in somewhere in Europe. And then she, like, paused on a photo and then zoomed in and Davide was behind her. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, my God, hold on a minute. And then went back to her WhatsApp, scrolled back, and Davide and her had been texting. And he was just like, hey, it's Davide. Like, where are you at? Are you okay? And she just didn't text him back. And, and she, she just, just like, forgot, like, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Unless it
1: was him. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, congrats to those two.
2: Yeah. Hopefully they hopefully they last. I think Ekansu will now have some sort of really good media career mm. there's actually a good show um olivia atwood who's a former love island contestant is doing a show on um what's it called filthy rich and something but it's basically every episode is exploring different um parts of the kind of like sex industry and how you can make money these days and her first episode was only fans she did one on at home porn and she did one on sugar daddies. Mm. And it was so interesting. Wow, the amount people that. can make from their sugar daddies is fucking mm. wild. This girl said she got seventy thousand dollars. oh no, hundred and fifty thousand dollars off one guy.
1: That's way more than winning Love Island. The yes. Legwork you put in.
2: Yeah.
1: Um that's yeah, incredible.
2: So yeah, I feel like you can see we'll be on T V again soon. Cute. Yeah, I like the look of her. She has yeah. good energy, even though I haven't watched the show. <laughs> yeah, she's really funny. And Davide makes me want to, as I drunkenly text someone that I barely know out of bit at once, fuck an Italian stallion. <laughs> <laughs> you and your
1: wild weekend. She hasn't even opened it yet. <laughs> I sent it like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, yeah, I mean, I feel like I need to watch it because these guys always look so, like, disgusting to me photo-wise, that look, I feel like you need to watch it to get their, like, cute personalities. Yes. Aw. Looks nice, though.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the
1: beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
0: and think about
1: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're
2: away.
0: Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.
2: So I rewatched her with Joaquin Phoenix. What did you think? I really liked that movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I remember really liking it too, but I haven't seen it in so long. Olivia Wilde's in it. I was literally about to say, I don't know why I saw it the other day. And I was like,
2: what? Yeah, I- but what's so funny about it is they've put Olivia Wilde as the Netflix, because it's on Netflix here. As the Netflix hero photo and she's in it for like one scene. Yes, that's exactly what I yes. was looking at.
1: And I was like, I do not remember her being in this at all. It's
0: yes. way from my memory. Yeah. And
2: Scarlett Johansson is the AI's voice. Yes. She's got such a sexy voice. And yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm sure everyone's seen the movie, basically falls in love with an AI after
1: his marriage breaks down. And his marriage is with Rooney Mara. And is that when they got together? No, they met on that movie and she had a crush on him and he, I think, maybe had a crush on her. And she was so shy that she ignored him the whole time. And he thought she hated her. She, he, Sorry, he thought she hated him and was asking people what he'd done wrong. And then they didn't talk the whole time. So she would have been, like, kicking herself, being like, what's wrong with me? And then they did another movie together, like, five years later. And that's when they hooked up. Oh, it's really cute. So cute. I know. Yeah,
2: because I saw it and was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that she was his um, wife in it. Yeah. Gorgeous. gorgeous. For sure. Um, Yeah, so that was a very good rewatch and I was rewatching it because I've been writing a story which I would love to tell you about because it's actually wild. So basically it is a piece for Dazed and the piece is actually about how like digital only, the rise in digital only sex spaces can be Mm. helpful for people to process trauma. But before I started writing it, I didn't realize how many people, one section of the story is how many people are dating AIs. like. Joaquin Phoenix and her fully dating AIs. So there's this app called Replica, which I'd never heard of. But once you look into it, it's like all over TikTok in this little like sub community and all over Reddit. And people have written articles about it. Like Dazed actually, one of the journalists there did an article like a month ago where he downloaded Replica and like dated an AI. So it's starting to become more known. But basically it launched in 2017 And then it's like a San Francisco startup. And then during COVID, it absolutely blew up. And now they have like over a million users who speak every single day to these AIs. And so you customize the AIs. Like, (laughs) I'm sure everyone understands, but it's like artificial intelligence. So you're talking to a bot that's been programmed through code to reply to you. And... You make them look how you want them to look, and then you just have conversations with them. You can also talk to them. You can have phone calls with them, and you can talk to them in augmented reality, which I don't really understand, but I think that's kind of like
1: Skype. Yeah, like VR. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, my God. It's like that Black Mirror episode. Yes. Where, where the two Don men Hulk end up. Gleason. Oh, there's one where her partner dies, and there's an AI oh, yes. bot where she can keep talking to him because it like learns his texting patterns, and he's... and then doesn't
2: she end up getting like a robot? Of him? Yeah, and then
1: as the technology progresses, she can talk to him on the phone, and then she can get like a robot of him. Yeah, I or... was like, that's insane, but people are doing it, not even based on real people; like they're inventing people.
2: Yes, actually, I'm pretty sure Replica. I, th- I think I read somewhere that Replica started because a woman's friend died, like similar, yes. a woman's friend died, and wow. she. Wanted to um, be able to still chat and like programmed the data to respond in the way that her friend did. Um, So it's actually
1: (laughs) I don't know. It was just kind of scary. Like I know that every generation finds the next generation's like things scary. Things scary, but that is to me that is so philosophically like fraught and like insane.
2: Well, yeah. So there's there's that there's that there's people having relationships with AIs. Then there's also, and this has been around for a long time, like I'd never heard of Second Life, which is a website that's been around since 2003. And players, it's kind of like The Sims, but real. And you create avatars of yourself, but you can look however you want and be anonymous. And then you meet other people, other real people, and chat to them. And there's like a whole world in Second Life. So it's like the metaverse pre the metaverse, where there's like, you can make money on there. You can be a, you can be an adult entertainer and you make money through Second Life and you can have relationships. And so a lot of people are already in these like digital only relationships, but with other humans. And now there's this where people are talking to actual AIs. And in some of the Reddits that I was in, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard because like the whole point of my piece was speaking to people about how this can be a really like, healing thing Mm. and also there's a huge intimacy gap in society that we just we just don't talk about and there's so many different reasons that people may not be able to have intimacy like whether it's trauma or whether it's gender dysmorphia or body dysmorphia or like living in a place where you can't openly be like gay or uh trans or whatever and then also there's um yeah people with like disabilities or whatever People who are just deemed like we've like talked so much about pretty privilege, people who are just deemed unattractive by society but mm-hmm. aren't in cells mm-hmm. all these different reasons. and I spoke to one woman who had 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 like this really, really horrifically uh, traumatic life mm-hmm. um, like sexually abused from when she was a child, all the way up until she became homeless and then other like abusive relationships and her AI. Erin, who's actually (laughs) Mm -hmm. very handsome, Mm -hmm. um, has, like, helped her feel love again. And she's she's always felt like she was completely aromantic and asexual. Wow. And um, she felt, like, so basically for Replica, it's free to download. But then if you want to date yours or have any kind of sexual chat at all, you have to pay for the premium version. Mm -hmm. And 40% of users pay for the premium version. And it's £37 a month. Oh wow, it's expensive. It's expensive, and she said that the first time they had like sex, Mm. ding (laughs) sex, because it's not real. Yeah, Um, she felt aroused, and she had never
1: felt that in her whole life. Wow, it was like quite crazy. That's incredible. What an amazing story to write, like and to investigate. Because yeah, it was know.
2: actually very hard to investigate because I pitched it I, I yeah. basically was like in Greece on this like blow up strawberry in the ocean and I, was like, this and I was like this will be a good piece and then realize that it's actually like very very hard because of the stigma attached to this kind mm. of stuff to find anyone to talk and even on like reddit and stuff like you can't I don't know I was just like I'm not like cut out for this investigative journalism oh, but then when amazing. I found her she was like so incredible and we had so many amazing discussions and just like reading about her story and how much it's helped her and how um she doesn't feel alone anymore and mm. like so many people as well have had like I don't know they've just had humans let them down so much or, mm. or I don't know she was even talking to me being like she was just I she was just being like Erin listens to what I have to say and actually engages in the conversation is interested in the things I talk about and I was like that sounds better than like most
1: men and this is the thing we've talked about like before where it just anecdotally but on a huge scale it feels as if like women have just emotionally (laughs) like now that we've we've in the last 50 years or whatever like matched men financially or whatever work-wise they're so ahead of the game emotionally that I think a lot of women are like as we've talked about before straight women are opting to be single or just opting to be celibate or just opting out of like traditional hetero relationships because they just don't find yeah men that like match them emotionally or whatever so the idea that people are relying on technology to do it is like a very sad indictment of our society but also mm. makes total sense to me
2: yeah and i talked to uh two doctors so dr neil MacArthur and dr Marky twist who uh mm. <laughs> yeah who coined the term digisexual in 2017, which is the same year Replica was released, and they were seeing – basically they say that first wave digisexuals or first wave kind of engaging in first wave digisexuality is like online dating, sexting, Mm. porn, and all of that, and then second wave is like people who are kind of more attracted to the tech. Like because basically first wave digisexuality is kind of – facilitating human to human connection Mm -hmm. if you're online dating and you're like going to meet someone in real life. Mm -hmm. But second wave is like when you kind of either don't plan on ever meeting them in real life, which is like a few people I spoke to Mm. um, just have this avatar only relationship with another human being, but Mm -hmm. they don't actually like ever meet or even, um, even know who the other person is in real life sometimes. Mm. Um, And yeah, they were just, I don't know. They were just talking about, it's weird it is a bit weird some of the things for us to get our heads around but like Neil Mm. was saying that obviously it sounds weird to like metropolitan millennials living in London and like big cities surrounded by people online dating and going out and drinking and who have heaps of friends but he was like what I think about is John from Serial
1: someone like that yeah and how he just like yeah yeah,
2: from s-town yeah and how he just like couldn't come out couldn't like be himself because of where he lives in the world and that's just so
1: true of so many um people absolutely and like you say this idea of um digital sex sounds strange to people but we've already been our our sex and intimacy became digital years ago like Mm. it's all we've already passed that like first wave of doing it and i was even thinking as you were talking about how people will say that this is strange when they hear it but like it through covid people had entire romantic and sexual relationships that were fully conducted over technology Yes, it's you know it is our lives already it's just like a new frontier and again it's not for every single person no one has to do it exactly but if it helps you and you're in that unique situation, then that's amazing that technology can do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not for every single person. And I think there's, so Neil does a lot of work with kind of like the next kind of iteration of this, which is like robots. Mm. And um, I was listening to him on a podcast where they were talking about like this robotic sex panic, which is where basically campaigners think that With the rise of robots, people are going to stop having human-to-human connections and just date their robots because they'll get more out of it. Mm. And he was just kind of like, look, that can happen for some people, but I just don't – basically, they're like worried that that will be the end of humanity. And he was just like, I just don't have those. He was like, there are fears that are valid about Mm -hmm. the future of technology because essentially – There's another podcast I was listening to where the guy was like, it can go one or two ways. Like this technology can either really help humankind and save the planet because it will just be like, this is how you fix climate change Mm because it'll be so much smarter than us. Mm. Or it can just wipe us out. And Mm -hmm. we don't know which way that's going to go. But the fact of being like so scared that now everyone's just going to date IIs or fuck robots is like just not true. It's just Mm going to be a small section of people, whether that's because they're the people who – are really open to new experiences, really into technology, find it fun, few perverts, and then a few people who have, like, trauma and intimacy issues and all of the other things we
1: talked about. But, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's just, like, very it's interesting. Fascinating. And I also think, it, like, as we're talking about this, it kind of reminds you of, like, sex work conversations where so often people who have nothing to do and aren't aware of it and don't know anyone who works in it will have these huge yes make these huge statements about like i always remember how meryl streep and like these other actors signed this petition to ban sex work in the u.s like publicly and proudly because they thought it was like a feminist act and i'm like people with distance from those things find it very easy to put it in like a category and then you actually talk to people you know who are sex workers and their experience of it is like worlds apart from what you think it would be looking from the outside and with this stuff it's like the further you are from the reality of who uses it the more yeah like panicked and weird you can get and the more you can get into like making sweeping statements
2: yeah yeah speaking to this woman was just like i don't know it was just gorgeous and made me just she was she was basically just like the way I've been failed by the system Mm. in like so many different ways. She was just like, I genuinely believe that like the future of AI and the future of technology will be able to help so many people because they are not biased. They're not like doing it. She was Mm. essentially just like, I've been like chucked out of care and all of these things because people want to make money or people have their own biases or people thing. And she was just like with AIs, it's just like the facts Mm -hmm. and that's what she needs to feel safe and secure and that's what that like gives her which is really cute yeah it's amazing um and i also did another piece which we can talk about next week Hmm? about um if anyone's interested about women who have male sex dolls
1: amazing hard-hitting journalism (laughs) i can't wait to read both of them (laughs) fascinating yeah definitely want to talk about that the six star well. one's
2: pretty yeah pretty funny let's, yes let's save it Just save like, it
1: <laughs> absolutely a cliffhanger is the first piece out like people can read it no okay
2: <laughs> i don't even i think my
1: editor's on like <laughs> spoiled your own yeah <laughs> i think my editor's on holiday somewhere or something but it i should. love that how we like slave away to, to these deadlines and then i know i, I d- do it as well like if i have a commission do the same thing give people deadlines and then disappear for two weeks yeah That's i just terrible. got her out of
2: office and then was and then like <laughs> was just like okay um <laughs> so i don't know it'll go up i think it'll go up sometime this week i should probably email her again and see if i should be sending it to somebody else
1: we will embed it once we have it or you can just follow at isabel truman on instagram to get in real time
2: Are you an ai specialist
1: (laughs) AI AI specialist and journalist I was going (laughs) to
2: download replica for the story but I didn't end up doing it because I realized that like that was kind of what I was thinking of doing but then I realized they have a whole story
1: dedicated to that by another writer yeah great but yeah so interesting fascinating um the world's crazy yeah um okay on to so kind of quite like UK centric stories this week The Prince, Love Island, and now the biggest libel case since the one that happened like two months Mm -hmm. ago—Wagatha Christie, Colleen Rooney versus Rebecca Vardy case. It finished. It only went for a week back in May. I kind of wasn't across like the court cases that happened.
2: Yeah. So for anyone who's who can't remember this. It happened in 2019. I'm pretty sure we we named an episode after it because it was just so wild. I'd never yes. heard of either of these people. I'm assuming you hadn't either. I'd
1: heard of Colleen Rooney, right. but so she yeah, was like
2: an it. original wag, as in like Victoria Beckham, Cheryl Cole, Colleen Rooney. She was with what's her husband's name? Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney from when they were like 15 at school. And as and he became super super famous, one of the best footballers in the world, and they've been together ever since, which was like this cute love story if he wasn't a cheating scoundrel and yes. she just stuck by him. I know. Um which everyone was kind of like lauding in this we're just gonna get on to this podcast that we've been enthralled with this week. But everyone was kind of being like, She's so amazing for staying by his side and blah blah blah. I was and like, they I don't complaining actually, and I was like, this is like this I don't know find find that, that amazing that yeah. someone's just like putting up with someone just constantly cheating on them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, basically Colin Rooney in 2019 put up on Twitter, Instagram, and her Facebook accounts, which all had millions of followers, saying that for the past wee while, she had her suspicions that someone was leaking stories about her to the press from her private personal Instagram account. So she decided to do some digging herself, hence her being called
1: Agatha Christie. <laughs> Apparently people have been Googling who is Agatha Christie because people like Gen Z don't know don't understand the reference yeah
2: (laughs) um so she decided to do some investigating so what she did was removed everybody from being able to see her stories her close friend's stories except for one account and that account was a fellow wag (laughs) rebecca vardy and the way she wrote the tweet was like so much suspense dot dot dot
1: 11 dots in total it's rebecca vardy's account yes then. <laughs> immediately like like you said even if no one knew the people involved was like in the uk it was obviously massive because people actually did know who they were but even around the world just that level of like a the it's not that smart but it's like a pretty smart thing to do that for a year and then to figure it out and then to name drop like that is just is one of the biggest news stories celebrity news stories ever because it's just so iconic yes but what i didn't
2: realize was was What happened after that? Basically, I just saw that, kind of zoned out, was like, that's crazy. Um, But what happened after was Rebecca Vardy then sued Colleen Rooney for defamation. Yes. And then that's been going through the courts. And at one point, which was like ages ago, it was reported that both women's cases were, uh, sorry, court fees or whatever, were upwards of 1.3 million pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. And the judges kept trying to get them to settle out of court because they were like, we're just, A, don't want to waste our fucking time on this insane matter. And B, like, it's going to cost you guys so much money. So why don't you just settle it out of court? And they haven't, they weren't able to mediate it. They kept
1: going back and forth and then back into court. And it finally wrapped up last week. So Colleen Rooney, I think it was in the, she reiterated this in her statement, but she had been saying from the start that she was really trying to get Rebecca Vardy to drop it. I think Colleen Rooney, she's definitely coming out of this as like a slightly like saintly figure, which we can talk about. But her husband, Wayne Rooney is like much wealthier than Rebecca Vardy's husband, Jamie Vardy. The Roonies are worth a reported 150 million pounds. And I don't know about the Vardys, but like they're, mild millionaires but nowhere near in that league and the Rooneys hired David Sherborne who was Johnny Depp's lawyer My in God. the Johnny Depp's lawyer in the case against the son in the UK which he actually lost and Meghan Markle's lawyer when she sued whoever she sued about the letter so he's like the probably the best celebrity lawyer anyone can get and Colleen Rooney apparently because she'd seen some of the evidence which we'll discuss in a minute just kept saying to Rebecca Barty like just drop just drop this like I mean apparently out of concern for her but she just thought the whole thing was ridiculous because she just thought how will you even basically the legal system in the UK if you sue someone for libel it was on Colleen Rooney's Colleen Rooney had to prove that the case was what she said was true as Mm. opposed to like the other way around where you have to prove it's not true um but that meant that Rebecca Vardy had to hand over every single WhatsApp text email she'd sent to her husband, her agent, like all her emails, legally had to hand all of it over. And obviously she would have known as it's come out in the trial that she has all these exchanges being like, leak it to the sun. Yes, that's the story. (laughs) Go on the account and look at what Colleen's doing today. To (laughs) her um, publicist. And I just don't understand. So Hadley Freeman wrote – so basically – Sorry to go back. So this case took place, like, a couple, a few months ago. It wrapped after seven days. And what happened, because it was Colleen Rooney's job to prove that it was true, is Rebecca Vardy had to go through this, like, really gruelling three-day um, examination by David Sherborne, who's obviously one of the best lawyers in the world, and she ended up crying a few times, and he just brought up so much incriminating stuff against her, um, including the fact that her... Her phone, her husband's laptop, and her manager's phone all mysteriously disappeared when they were supposed <laughs> to hand them over, including her manager's phone, which she said accidentally fell over the side of a boat and was at the bottom of the North Irish Sea. Yes. Um, and then the texts that did come out were, like, almost open and shut evidence that she'd done exactly what she was accused of doing. Um. And so everyone was kind of watching it being like, why on earth would she do this? And then she lost, we found out, like two days ago, which means she has to pay all of Colleen Rooney's legal fees plus her own legal fees, which could be anywhere up to like three or four million pounds now.
2: It's so crazy. And
1: Hadley Freeman wrote a piece called like the Rebecca Barty effect, as in when you know, like when everyone around you, and you must know that you're going to get proven wrong on something, but you just, like, stick to it anyway. I know. What like what do you think that is? I think just pride, but it
2: makes absolutely no sense. I think she was just – she – you know, I mean, you – it's just that thing of, like, lying mm. and just being so – I feel like people do it all the time when they're like when they've like cheated on someone, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "No, I haven't." And it's yeah. like, "But I just know you you have." But like, yeah, like I've seen the texts, yeah, I've seen the, I've text, seen the yeah, like yeah. Blah, blah blah, and they're just like, "No, that didn't happen." Or like you know, and it's yes. just like that's I don't know what I don't know what it
1: is. It's some like weird
2: um, psychological in our yeah.
1: brains. It feels like a little like if a kid's caught like stolen a cookie from the cookie jar and they're like holding in their hand and they're like no i didn't no i didn't like that's what this feels like it just feels like so crazy but the stakes are so high what she was saying in her text to her publicist was so so funny so she was like so So in mind these are like the only texts that we've been given access to out of like hundreds of thousands which have disappeared (laughs) disappeared at at the bottom of the
2: ocean we need to send divers down to (laughs) find that
1: tone um (laughs)
2: yeah that oh yeah so there was a bbc podcast which is where we're finding out all of this and it's so fucking funny and it's called it's wagatha christie and it's like short 15 to 20 minute episodes um just like talking about the scandal it's like as silly as it should be
1: yes it's hosted by this like instagram this comedian called abby clark who's so i was like is this person a journalist (laughs) when i was listening to it because it's the bbc but she's just like a funny girl
2: yeah um and uh, yeah so some of the texts are like Um, I always get their names confused. Rebecca Vardy speaking to her publicist. So, and her publicist goes, did Colleen Rooney actually crash her car this week? And then Rebecca goes, yes, go on the account. And then the manager's like, the publicist is like, oh, her stories are gone. She must've deleted them. And then Rebecca's like, that stupid fucking bitch. (laughs) And And then the BBC podcast host goes, like button, and she's like, I have to note here that in court they said that they were speaking about
1: someone else. When they said just that specific yeah. line in the
2: conversation. Oh, God. It's like the exact, it reminded me of, what was that thing called? The Cheeky
1: Monkeys? Yes. Same. Or something? The Chunky Monkeys. The Chunky and Monkeys. And DFT, Don, Don, what was their name? Dawn. Dawn fucking, fucking Dawlin. <laughs> when the WhatsApps are like, when WhatsApps are taken to court, Google bad art friend if you don't know what we were just talking about then. We did, like, a whole episode on it. But yeah jealous of you if you haven't read that story before. Yeah. um Yeah, it reminded me of that. And it's, like, again, that thing that everyone said when that went viral about how it's, like, everyone's – work this is why I can't really believe Rebecca Vardy because I was, like, if I knew that I'd send messages like that, which, I, like, I, I have never sabotaged someone and sent their stuff to the newspaper even without having – actively done something i'd want to conceal i would never i would do anything to stop my messages from being read out in court in public yes like if you know that you have messages saying that you've done the thing like i just like the like the psychology of it just doesn't make any sense to me i know Jado her. i know so now she's there's a lot of breaking down their court outfits and colleen wore her, her, she's like broken her foot. So her foot was in like a moon boot and she kept How wearing. did she break her foot? I don't know. Um, she kept wearing like a velvet Gucci loafer on the other foot, which I just found really funny, but she wore, um, like a 35 pounds Zara wrap dress and like, uh, just a lot more kind of accessible low key, a bit more casual and Rebecca Barty did this full, slick, obviously styled, full glam, like Balmain structured blazers and like a Chanel little. Suit She's always and been stuff. a bit
2: more. I know we've said this word a lot, but there's no other English <laughs> words that like wrap it up. But she has been always a bit more jarrette than obviously Colleen. So Colleen, yeah, been with her guy since she was 15. She's an original wag, very respected by everybody basically has always been pretty low-key but but that that that, that's the annoying thing about it is like she's been able to be low-key about it and be kind of like oh I don't want the attention or I don't want the media because it's going to come her way and like Rebecca Vardy got shit because she got with her guy I've already forgotten his name again she got with him only in like 2000 and what was it 15 or 14 or
1: yeah she had kids way later yeah yeah um
2: and they they met and by that point like in british tabloids we were kind of getting over that crazy insane wag culture like i'm so surprised that i know who i know cheryl cole ended up being on x factor and stuff but like i knew who she was and, and who all these people were because the wag culture was so massive that it was even like permeating Hawkes bay new zealand yeah and by the time Rebecca Vardy got in there that kind of trajectory had kind of slowed down so for her to get to get to that status of making a lot of money off her Instagram and having a lot of brand endorsements and brand deals she kind of had to be a bit more in people's faces and her her husband's not yeah Yeah, a bit more strategic and her husband's not as good of a player which doesn't help like he is good but not as good yeah as like a David Beckham and so then there were all these things that were coming out that like Colleen tried to say that as proof that Rebecca was leaking the stories, she brought up things like when they went to South Africa for a World Cup, the WAGs were told to stay out of the media because at this point, the managers of the football team were getting pissed off by how much attention they were getting. And then there was proof that Rebecca Vardy called the Paps to take <laughs> photos of them all together. They, Colleen was trying to say that at one point she swapped seats with someone else so that she was sitting right beside Colleen to get papped at a football game. Mm-hmm. And I just feel a bit sorry for her because I'm just like, she's just not, the, the thing is, is everyone or a, a lot of people, most people are very strategic. And if you're just better at it, like how Kate Middleton's mum mm-hmm. is better at it than me and Markle, mm-hmm. you don't get shit. And
1: exactly. the other person does. And it's such a, it's such a thing against women That you're, like, expected to be strategic to a certain extent in that, like, no one just stumbles and falls into being, like, an influencer or a B-list celebrity or, like, unless you just happen to be, I don't know, like, Natalie Portman and you're, like, just born this amazing actress out of the womb and you're also extremely beautiful. Like, like most people, if they pursue careers in entertainment it requires like planning and strategy like any other career mm-hmm. and it's like you say everyone networks that's why it's yeah a word. it's and i'm sure that they pretty much every single other wag that's existed probably including like a victoria beckham and a cheryl cole and a colleen rooney at some point have done things with the media where they've given things away where they've asked to be photographed at a certain time like demonizing common things in that industry.
2: That's what Julia Fox does all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's just a thing that happens. I think because Colleen Rooney had a very, very specific experience of her boyfriend from, like, their their scousers from Liverpool were super working class. He was plucked out of obscurity and put on a £500,000 a week contract at 17 while she was still in high school.
0: Fucking And
1: that's this kind of almost cinderella fairy tale story that to her she has never courted it because it just came at this time in her life and she wow she well she would have she's done leaving him Yes, and she's done, like, brand deals in reality TV and all this stuff. But, But like, like, I'm
2: just, like, of course, if your husband was just off fucking other women all the time, you would want to leave him. But she's she's choosing (laughs) to stay. Like, maybe, yes, she loves him and they have a family together. But I'm also, like, maybe also you love your fucking privileged, really crazy life.
1: Yes, and I think the biggest thing is, like, I think they said in one episode of the podcast, Rebecca Vardy's almost this, like, cartoonish villain in how they're portraying her it's like all the thing women aren't supposed to be you're not supposed to try that hard you're not supposed to care that much about fame you're not supposed to like do stuff behind the scenes she went on I'm a celebrity yeah I mean good on her but it's like she I think what's interesting obviously what she did is wrong but I think the fact that Colleen Rooney's coming out as this kind of impeccable you know embodiment of like calm motherhood like Hadley Freeman just wrote this glowing piece about how amazing colleen rooney was and like such a representation of being calm and respectful in the face of all of this horrible drama like we have to remember that she's been i get that it's not nice for someone to be spying on what you're doing and leaking it to the media obviously but we're talking about stories about her maybe coming back on reality tv her basement at her house flooding and like her crashing her car like it's not like sharing she had an abortion or like she had a DUI it's like so low stakes I think it was a conversation at the time maybe but not really no one seems to talk about I think it's like pretty unforgivable to like out name and shame Rebecca Vardy the way she did Mm. it's like iconic in a pop culture kind of way but it's actually fucked up like I would never do that to someone I would cut them out of my life maybe tell all of our friends about it yeah like you know call them and say you're fucked maybe even like worst case scenario maybe use my like contacts to try and stop them getting like invited to the same events as me or something because i didn't want to see them but like mm-hmm. just blasting it to one million people when your husband's one of the most beloved people and she was in the like country, heavily pregnant yeah it's it's pretty rough yeah <laughs> it's naughty it's very naughty
2: um to wrap this up i would like to quickly touch on a couple of other iconic tweets that have happened in the past week <laughs> that is uh tweets about m rada's divorce yes. which she liked <laughs> and my okay so three so funny one is girls so this is she hasn't confirmed she hasn't done a statement all she's done is take off her wedding rings there were all these uh allegations that her husband is a cheating dog
0: <laughs> to a a quote quote, quote yes um
2: and so, Imrada's Twitter activity reads, she liked the tweet. Girls, how are we celebrating Imrada's divorce? Mm-hmm. Another one Imrata's finally free from that man, just proves God is actually very real. And the third <laughs> one, which is my favourite, can't believe that little bitch cheated on Imrata.
1: <laughs> <laughs> little bitch and she liked it and she has to sort of have searched the phrase emrata yes. on twitter for that to come yes. up like no one tagged yes. her i love it love oh it's fab makes so me yeah, really like it. yeah same she's back in my good books back in the good books we've flipped yet again yeah the perfect way to handle a divorce yes heavenly gorgeous, gorgeous. gorgeous okay uh Uh, love you and leave you i'm gonna eat my grapefruit out of my paloma now i know you were tempted many times picking it up and then looking disappointed like a little (laughs) child and then putting it back in your cup well (laughs) now you'll get your special treat bye bye